but perfect timing seeing as the uh, all NBA came out today. So we should be able to get this wide ranging. And I'm trying to base it off of top five players in the NBA right now, like right now. Logan was good. What's up, Charles? What's going I saw on? I saw the title. It was a little clickbaity as Bucks fans, so I had to hop in and give my two cents. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm trying to write like write my top five into the chat, but I mean, it's just it what happened. You know, the events of the past uh, two weeks have just like is is like I understand Giannis is a two time MVP, but is he is he is he is he really? When we get down to the nuts and bolts of it, what's happened the last, you know, two years in the playoffs? Is he really a top five player in the NBA? I feel like that's think, a legit question. I think there's a lot more to talk about than just, you know, these two playoff letdowns in terms of Giannis's ability. And, like, I think when you look up at his failures in the last two playoff series, it has way more to do with surrounding teammates as well as Budenholzer's scheme or lack thereof. Um than it does actually Giannis's ability. Like, no player given four people literally building a wall against them is going to excel. I don't care if you're LeBron. I don't care if you're Durant. It doesn't matter, right? Now, you know, is Giannis's lack of a per- perimeter game allow that to happen? Sure. But it doesn't take away from the fact that Budenholzer knew this wall was coming, <clears throat> didn't attempt to run the offense through Chris Middleton more on the half court, didn't stress p- pushing the ball out in transition. All of these things that could have been done schematically to, you know, take pressure off of Giannis and not allow the Raptors and the Heat in the last two years to build this wall, um, which is we're not done. It was it was just an immense coaching failure. And so I think for those reasons to start, um, you, you can't let the blame fall on Giannis, at least not entirely. And I, and I, I agree with most, if not all, of what you just said. I guess when we're getting into the um, – just into the discussion of, of best players in the league, when I when I was thinking about it and writing it down today, the the deciding factor is always going to be he cannot go get his own shot. So like if there's so many other players that you know I think he has in every other category, you know he he might be better than. But when it comes down to like you know making your money time, the the man can't go get his own shot. Like point blank period. Like and it's been shown that like against good defense in the playoffs. He can't get his own shot. And that's got to, like, to me, that's got to count. And, like, all the, re- all the regular season stuff is cool, but, you know, it's, it's, I always say it's, it's a little different when, you so know, when you're getting you, when off. You of- say, when you say he can't get his own shot, what you really mean is he can't get his own jump shot. You don't mean is <laughs> he can't create action in order to generate free throws or get to the rim because he does that all the time in the clutch, even in the playoffs. We've seen it. Now, do we see it that much against the Heat? No. Was he injured against the Heat? Um, in games, you know, two on, yes. So I don't think it's even a fair critique to say he can't create his own shot. He creates more high-efficient looks than anyone else in the league. What you really mean is he can't create Jason Tatum looks where, or Durant looks where he's pulling up from mid-range or from three contested. Yes and no. I'm saying he can't. Down the stretch of any – down the stretch of a clutch game, the games that actually make or break your season, you cannot throw him the ball and go and say, Giannis, go win us the game. I have yet to see that. So if in any case, and if that and if, and if that ends up being just the fact that he can't shoot jumpers, then that's just what it is. But at the end of the day, that has to count for something that I can't like down the stretch 
I'm depending on Chris Middleton or somebody to make this play because I can't count on you. Like that has to mean something. And that's why I said like he, to me, if he's not, he might be my fifth or my sixth player. He's on the fringe. So, so you're, you're, that. you're weighing, you're weighing isolation shot creation. I'm not saying isolation. I'm not saying isolation. I'm saying, can you go win me the game? I didn't say anything about isolation. I said, can you go win me the game? Okay, what I'm saying, though, is that what Giannis does defensively for you down the stretch, in addition to what he can do as a slasher, um, like I said, we didn't see it against the Heat, but, you know, if the, in the one close game that the Bucks had against the Magic, um, Giannis down the stretch was big. Hold on, are you, hold on, so your defense right now is the one game that Giannis had against the Magic. My, my point, okay. That's not good. Point, is that if, if you're using one, you know, playoff series against the Miami Heat, and even last year in Toronto, go back and watch those series, Giannis had a lot of clutch baskets in, in, in that series. I, I, the, I think, I think. Is that the series that you, hold up. So you, you mean the series that you guys had the lead in and then lost? All I'm yeah, saying yeah. is, once the, again, the one that the Bucks like, were up two zero. But I need, I need. But where was he at in those closing games? That's all I'm saying is like down the stretch, time and time again. Like you're giving me like outliers. I feel like time and time again, my man has not shown an ability to be able to close the game himself. Now, I'm not saying that's isolation or anything. That just means that is just the hallmark that one of the calling cards to say that you're one of the best players in the world is you have that ability. I'm not saying that doesn't mean you you don't make the right basketball and I'm play. I'm saying that the optics of what Giannis does in terms of closing a game is just not stereotypical in what we see as a closer in the same way that we see with Tatum, with Kyrie, with Jimmy Butler, right? These guys, we see, oh, they're closers because they're shot makers down the stretch in isolation. Giannis is the clutchest defender in the league in, 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 a couple, in the fourth quarter. If you look at his fourth quarter efficiency numbers, if you look at, um, you know, fourth quarter field golfers, all of this stuff, all his statistically, he's off the charts, right? He's, he's the best player in the league statistically. And well, he's top five um, clutch players in the league, even in baskets um, made. So, like, I'm hearing for you, okay, in a second-round playoff series against the Miami Heat this year in the bubble, Giannis didn't make shots down the stretch. Okay, that's a fair critique. But I don't think you can extrapolate that across the board and say Giannis can't get buckets down the stretch at all, or he's not a clutch player. All the stats that you just rendered to me, though, are all regular season stats. That's all well, fine, good, and dandy. But I'm saying, though, in the playoffs, the man has shown an inability to get that shit done. I'm not saying, like, I. you can tell me about what he did in Milwaukee on a Thursday night against the Hornets. That's all well and good. I'm talking about what are you, what are you doing in the playoffs? Like, that's what makes you one of the best players well, in the world. What makes you one of the best players in the world is that. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so, and again, I think these, this is a fair critique for, you know, this Heat series and then last year's Raptors series. But aside from that, Giannis has been incredibly clutch. So if we're saying, okay, in these specific moments, he didn't step up, and these are the biggest moments of career. Okay, fair critique. We don't have a large enough sample size yet, even at this point, I think, to suggest that given a different head coach, different teammates, that Giannis couldn't, you know, get some of these looks. The fact that he has four guys on him down the stretch you know, is a, first of all, shout out Spolstra. Um, and Hold on, is it, is it, does he have four guys on him or is he getting driven, is he driving into four guys? That's what I see. Okay, so like I said, then it's, it's the lack of jump shot is what, what your gripe is then. That's, that's a fair gripe. Because, that's, I, 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 no, it is. It, it obviously is a fair gripe, but like, 
what we see with Giannis in, you know, every other aspect of closing a game is elite other than, you know, shot making. As Uncle Drew once said, the game is and forever will be about buckets. If he can't go get a bucket at the end, like I said, that's the splitting the hairs between one of the five best players in the world. And he's saying you're the sixth best player in the world. Like, that's my point, though. Like, that one little thing, like, that's the difference between good and great is this one little detail that these other five people that I would put ahead of him can do. So, like, I'm not saying, like, by no means am I saying that I think Giannis sucks or something. Like, I don't think saying that anybody's the sixth best at anything in the world is a, is no, a, is just, a discredit to their I, ability. I think you're like, giving too much weight to this one facet of a player's That's game. a You mean the, somebody not being able to shoot? It's not just one facet. It's not some small, like, thing that, that could be overlooked. Like, it's a big hole in his game. Because you're saying that as well. But even in his attacking, that no, if he has free throw shooting is, that he is, has. It is, it's admittedly a hole in his game. But... You know, Giannis is inarguably a top. Giannis is inarguably a top three defender in the planet. The the best interior scorer we've seen since Shaq. Um, you know, all during the regular season. You're not telling me anything that like I I agree with you on all of these things. But if for two years in a row you get named MVP, I'm holding you to the MVP standard, not just some regular ass guy to the MVP standard of I'm the best player in the league the last two years. And I do not see it in the playoffs. So how am I going to sit in? So I understand, but like for you to be the okay, MVP well, of the league right, and be right, the best right, player. Last year, okay. So what we saw again last year before the Toronto series, you know, Boston series, he was fabulous. Right. Um, and that's going up against, you know, Jason Tatum, who he absolutely destroyed, you know, Jalen Brown. These are, these are really good defenders, right? Um, where's the credit for that? It's it's only all right. We're gonna pick and choose this Miami series, but which by the way he was injured for after game one. Jay, you know, Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown aren't all NBA players. You are the MVP of the league. Jason I'm Tatum talking about is, what you, Jason Tatum this is year. He made All NBA this year. So I'm talking about last. You're talking about last year. I'm, yeah, he okay, made All NBA enough. this year. So you're talking. You're talking about a third team All NBA player. I'm talking about Mr. MVP. What are you doing when you're up against first team All League Kawhi? Not shit. What are you doing when you're up against All Defense Bam? Jimmy and some dogs, not shit. Like it's all good. Like I get what you're saying, but like you're telling me you're defining these things against a young Celtics team and the and the Magic. Like okay, that's not yeah, I, that's not that's like I, I don't care about what he did against the Magic. And like I said, these are fair critiques of Giannis. Obviously, his inability to shoot is the only thing that's stopping him from being the unquestioned best player in the league, right? And so if if Giannis even was a like slightly above average shooter, we're talking thirty six percent from three. Um, and he can hit the pull-up consistently, he's the best player in the world. I don't even think that that's, you know, an argument. But at the end of the day, are we really going to critique a guy for the most um, aggressive defensive scheme, even more aggressive than a boxing one? This is easily the most aggressive defensive scheme we have ever seen in NBA history against Giannis. Is that not a reflection of how good he is specifically? And how bad of a coach Budenholzer was in the playoff series and just general roster construction. It's not, it's, it's, if anything, it is an O2 Giannis that they're literally a term invented the wall. That's never been used in reference to any other player in NBA history. What up, E? What up? What up? You know, I got, I got to jump in here really quick. Cause I got some questions for both of you. One, I think if we don't have to do it right now, but eventually we got to, we got to hear, what what Charles's top five would be, whether or not it includes you know, his top five currently active. But here's some some miscellaneous thoughts I have. So some we've 
talked about this a lot with different people on Locker Room. One um, is this idea that uh, I think what what Charles is kind of getting at, um, what we're we're talking about here is that with Giannis, no one questions how great he is in the regular season, how great he's been in in the first or or sometimes second round of the playoffs. But it's now three years in a row that he ran into the Celtics and then the Raptors and then the Heat. And these are good defensive teams who are among the best, you know, at this point, the top four to six teams at the time in in the league um, based on how they did in the playoffs. And that in those series, he – they were able to deploy very aggressive defensive schemes and mm-hmm. and slow him down and and beat the Bucks like fairly easily, um, you know, it's for stretches of those series. So I think, you know, a broader question is like when we think about top three, top five players in the league, what does it mean if you keep kind of bumping up against this ceiling year after year, what does it mean about you as a player? Does it mean you're not top five? Does it just mean that there is some sort of like fatal flaw in your game? And by fatal flaw, I don't mean Giannis is a bad player. I mean that at the very highest levels of NBA basketball, the conference finals, the second round of the playoffs, the last 5% of the season is when these things start to really manifest. That's one thing I'd like to posit and get get y'all's thoughts on. The second is relative to what Todd was saying in the comments and to what we're saying about the, the aggressive schemes is this idea that I don't know how we can square the, the circle of like, it's not like Giannis has a trash supporting cast relative to what Todd is saying. Like they were really good, even with Giannis off the floor during the regular season. So I don't know, maybe this is all, all this conversation means we're laying this at Budenholzer's feet or something. Um, I don't know, but uh, I just don't know how we kind of square the idea that Giannis, his supporting cast, is somehow like um, is is somehow inferior. Because I think the last piece here is that like I I still remember LeBron James taking the taking the Warriors to six games with Matthew Dellavedova and. And um, Mozgov as like his second and third best players in that finals. And I think that is LeBron James is an unfair standard, but that is the sort of standard that a player like Giannis gets held to is yeah. like, can you, can you, you, you are Giannis Antetokounmpo. You're ostensibly the best player in the league. You don't get excuses. And I know I just laid a lot on you, but I'm curious, you know, what y'all think about, about uh, how those factor into this debate. Yeah, so I guess my first um, rebuttal, I guess you could call it, is just a semantics argument. Uh, argument. And it's in t- talking about like best player, what are we actually talking about? Are we talking about, you know, contributing to like total wins? Like, are we talking about, you know, who's doing the most for their team to generate the most wins? I guess that's how the closest that I can come to a definition. And if we're looking at a player like Shaq, who, you know, is ubiquitously recognized as a top 10 player in NBA history. This was a guy who was never, you know, a creator offensively as the main guy. He, he had Kobe, obviously, but like no one, no one takes away any of, you know, Shaq's accolades or accomplishments by saying, oh, he had Kobe or he had Wade. He just had to be more 
of an off-ball guy, off-ball guy, especially down the stretch, right? And so the fact that Giannis is this good defensively, this good of a playmaker, this good in every intangible, you know, and his one downfall is that, okay, maybe he does need a guy like a Donovan Mitchell or Damian Lillard, who, you know, Chris Middleton may not be a good enough, you know, Robin to give you what you need for Giannis to win a championship. And like the, I guess the argument that you're the best player in the league or a top three player in the league has to also be your closer. I don't even know if that argument holds weight with using Shaq as the, the greatest historical, uh, you know, signifier of, of that, the greatest historical rebuttal of that claim. Uh, I mean, I hear, I, once again, I hear what you're saying. I just don't even, even like using your Shaq, you could still throw it to Shaq on the block and throw it to Shaq on the block and get a bucket. Like that. I understand like they weren't, they weren't always doing hack a Shaq on Shaq. That's, that wasn't like always a thing. Um, and so years later, like they weren't doing that that much during the, during the three peat, you could still throw it to Shaq in Orlando and around 2001 and get a bucket late in the game. They weren't, they weren't just freezing out Shaq down the stretch. Like, even then, I guess, and to agree with what E was saying, like, it's all about the standard in which you're putting yourself in. Like I said, like, this is the difference between, we're talking about the difference between first and sixth. That's not, you know, like like I said, to say that somebody's the sixth best player in the world is not the end of the world. Um, I know. We're, you know, we're, we're cutting it close there, but I'm just saying the, that's the difference to me between him being a top five player or not is the fact that, like, you're saying, like, you know, you're kind of like saying he, him not being able to shoot is just some small thing. Like that's just like that's like having an offensive lineman who can't pass block. What do you mean he can't? Like he can't do a complete one aspect of the game. Like that that matters. And like I said, like that's just the difference between being first and like I got him at six. But the other the five people that I would put ahead of him, I think like I can throw the ball to down the stretch and go go can go get me a bucket can make a play for me. And like you're saying that Giannis can make plays down the stretch, but he can't go get me a bucket down the stretch. So okay, like so this, and like I said, this is why it's some, uh, more of a semantics argument is you for sure. It's, I mean, it's, it's purely a matter of opinion. Like I said, but like, and, and that's why like, it's, that's why I like to, I want to, I try to keep it light. Cause I don't give it like, we, we can all throw out numbers and shit, but like at the end of the day, we're all basketball fans. We all have two eyes and it's like, come yeah. on now. Like, you know but what I mean? I'm, like, I just like, that's what I'm saying. If I guess, there's an aesthetic element to this as well. And you can say, you know, what you see in terms of shot making down the stretch out of the guys that you're placing ahead of Giannis is just, you know, better aesthetically. And, but I don't think you can argue that Giannis, even in the playoffs in terms of up until this heat series. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a, it's a huge mark on his resume at this point in his career, but what he does in terms of generating wins for you overall is a top three player in the league and every statistic that you could possibly say, I test, whatever will back that up. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying, but you're sitting there even saying like that, the shot maker, like the shot maker is more aesthetically pleasing, but your, your guy's not making any shots. Like, it, where, like, I'm not even saying like down the stretch, where's this like Giannis down the lane, want, you know, dunk on somebody with 20 seconds left to like seal the deal. Like he ain't got, like, I haven't seen, you're telling me about this defense. I haven't seen some like bam like block really that many of them. I've seen one or two of Giannis like down the stretch winning the game with a block. But like like 
he's a he's a great help side defender. So that's what he's going to do, help side like. But he's not a, a very you know his on on ball defense isn't isn't mind blowing. So like down the stretch, he's not. It's not like he's like you know head up on LeBron or head up on somebody getting a stop down the stretch. He might be coming from the weak side to beat somebody stuff, but. Like I like I said, this is we're splitting hairs between first and six. I think he's six, and I think that like I said, everybody ahead of him is not. It's yeah, sure, it's more aesthetically pleasing the way they score, but they also score. And if they get fouled, I don't have to worry about them airballing a free throw. Like that's the difference between first and six. Yeah. So I, again, if it's a stylistic argument, but um, if Giannis were to come out next year, and you know, with a roster revamp maybe a new coach, maybe not, and, you know, drop 30 and 12 in the playoffs and not be the closer, would you – and, you know, the Bucs make to the finals and win or lose, would you still have gripes about Giannis not being the closer? Let's say say they bring in Drew Holiday or Chris Paul, and that guy's the closer down the stretch in the playoffs just because they're obviously a more gifted isolation creator as well as shot maker than Giannis. Do you still have the gripes – even though Giannis is literally, you know, makes up a 10-point difference every game in terms of his on-court presence. Like, his on-off and all of those numbers will just, and just eye test alone will tell you, having Giannis on the court for your team increases your chance to win more than just about any other player in the league aside from, you know, LeBron James and a couple other guys. That, but in terms of being consistency, what Giannis is giving you on a game-to-game basis is more valuable than just about any other player in the league. During the regular season, you are absolutely right. He is he's Peyton Manning right now. That's fine. Like that's like I and we're not talking about where he's projected. We're not, and that's what I'm saying. We're not talking about where he's where he's going to be in three years. If he starts shooting, like we can say that now. I'm just saying right now, he's like the fifth or sixth best player in the NBA. Like, and he got exposed to be not the best player in the world. He's not that. So, like, yeah, let me ask you this. I have him as, like, the fifth or sixth best player. Where, you, do you think he's the best player in the world? After what you just saw, like, even though you're a Bucks fan, like, you can honestly sit here and tell me what oh, you, no, after I, what I, you I, just I, saw, he's the best player in the world. I think, I think LeBron's the best player in the world still. Um, and I think that that's his crown to lose ultimately. And I think I have to see next year Giannis with potentially a new co- coach, but also just more perimeter spacing in the playoffs and a scheme – that, like I said, allows in the half court for maybe to run more possessions through Middleton to run Giannis off ball and slash and do PNR from. I just think what we saw out of Budenholzer the last two years in terms of playoff schemes greatly, greatly limited what Giannis was capable of offensively down the stretch. And so until I see that happen, I'm not, you know, ruling Giannis out because it he he is you can only you can only overcome you can't overcome you know the the scheme and what what Spolster throw at Giannis like I said there is no player that can overcome and I think you're really downplaying what I said about the wall and that when you are throwing literally four guys at one player it doesn't matter who that player is and Drogic said it in in post game interview after after game five um, you know what we're dealing with the Celtics is a vastly different team. With the Bucks, we just had to throw four guys at Giannis. The Celtics have Tatum, they have Brown, they have Kemba. We have to throw defenders their way. They didn't respect Bledsoe. They didn't respect Wesley Matthews. They didn't respect DiVincenzo offensively. So they threw everything they had at Giannis. And, like, I don't care what, what player you name. They're not excelling in that situation. 
that's just not true. Um, you may, like that's just a, like that was that was great. That was great. That was a great excuse. Um, like no, that's just yeah no. Like my once once again, if you're the best player in the world, this is what like I understand everything you're saying. But once again, if you were the best player in the world, if you were one of these elite, 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 high level players, you just being on the court should get me a game or two. Screw a wall, a diamond into a box in one, whatever you want to run. You being on the court, there should be a game where all holy hell breaks loose, where Bud can't be in your way or anything. Where's the Giannis 42 and 21 game where it's just like he just decided that it's the LeBron in Boston game where he's got the head down with the scowl on his face. Where's that game at where it's just like, you know what? Screw all that. I'm just driving through people and, and we, I'm we, making this happen. We, like, we I understand, saw, like, but you're sitting, you're sitting there telling me about a wall. Like, they never walled up Jordan. Like, they never, like, don't say, like, they've never walled up anybody. Like, come on now. Like, that you, there's, like, there's, they, never like been, but, there's never been a defensive strategy to no, in a playoff series like we've seen with Giannis and I can like that's not I can show you that's because that's because every that's because every great player like that could at least shoot they could they didn't have to wall him up walling him up is the like easiest thing to do when he won't shoot the ball there's never been a player that's common sense that's not like I'm just saying though that's not like that doesn't take like a brain like that's not like the rocket science to like yo he's not he's not going to do shit but drive he's not doing anything but getting to the cup the only thing that allows you to build such an aggressive wall is the sheer lack of perimeter play on Bucks role players. And the person that they're, they're trying to wall up. Well, I think I, that has to be, I mean, if we're going to say that, that has to be as much about, about Chris Middleton as Giannis. But I think we, we come back to the, the fact that what we're talking about, frankly, is, again, Giannis bumping his head up against a very high ceiling and where that ceiling is at the, again, at the highest levels for 95 plus percent of the season, the list of players you would rather have on your team than Giannis Antetokounmpo is incredibly short. If it even is a list, but for that, this last like three to 5% that we're talking about is when this, this all starts to come into play where when you get defenses that are able, because look, I think, you know, we've all heard that coaches say in season, they don't really do that much uh, very pointed like adjustment and scheming and game planning for specific teams, right? They do a little bit, but it's not till you get to the playoffs where you have people restructuring their game plans and, and making huge adjustments to stop specific teams and players and they're playing these people four to seven times in a row so this is the ceiling that Giannis is bumping his head against now to your point earlier Logan that's where the semantics come in where it's like okay maybe that that three percent of the season that five percent of the season when you get into the second round of the playoffs and beyond maybe that's where this this group of players that we might broadly call the top 10 or the top 20 start to distinguish themselves. Who is, who is matchup proof? Who is scheme proof? Who's a guy that can take his team over the top, no matter who he's playing against. And I think where this debate becomes interesting is that frankly, that the NBA is in a weird spot right now because we, there aren't a whole lot of those guys that you can point to right now and say that they sure fire are that dude heading into these playoffs. You would have said Kawhi, but, and this is maybe an overreaction, but after what we saw in the, in the, di- yesterday in the game seven, then, you know, that's a black mark on the Kawhi resume. 
um, in the same way that Giannis has been accruing black marks for the past few playoffs. So that's, I think, the nuance that I'm not saying neither of you are bringing to bear here, but know what, like, Giannis is obviously not trash, but I do think there's something to be said for, like, being that 97% player in the sense that, like, once you once teams can start scheming against you, once they can start deploying these aggressive schemes and game plans, what happens to you? And if you're a player like Giannis, it gets really tight and it gets really tough. And I'm, I'm not saying – I'm not ready to say he can never break through that ceiling, but we just haven't seen him do it. I think I think that's I think that's a definitely fair critique, and um, I really like what Todd said about a star only being as good as the team around him. So, like, I want to reiterate the point that um, these defensive schemes that were being thrown at Giannis are yes, is it obviously a byproduct of his inability to shoot? Sure, but it's just as much on the Bucks' end, Budenholzer, you know, not innovating in terms of running the half court offense through Chris Middleton for possessions to switch things up. Like, what are you, why are you giving Giannis the message that like, Hey, there's a wall and we've seen it last year and we lost because of it. Okay. So there's failure to one, you know, that that's not really a mark because Giannis is 24 years old. It's our first year with the system. We're going to learn. But the fact that neither Giannis nor Budenholzer learned from it, and I'm putting way more heat on Budenholzer for this because what is Giannis supposed to do? He, he plays his game. He's playing within, like, he knows his limitations. Budenholzer has to know his limitations and understand, like, we need to push the ball in transition. We need to do things here to break apart this wall. And I don't, like, I don't care who you are, like I said, as a star player. Like, Curry, last year in the finals, without, without KD and without Clay faced a lot of similar things where he had three guys chasing him around curls. He's not even getting shots up, right? But there, there's no hate there because, oh, you know, Curry's still a shooter. Whereas Giannis, it's just so clear and, and evidenced by this very physical wall in front of him that, okay, you know, this, this guy's not a shot maker. Whereas with, you know, Curry in years past or other stars who have players injured, it's very evident how easy it is to scheme. And like, Giannis with a Damian Lillard, for example, that's a championship team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm still, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying, but this is once again everything you say makes sense, except for when it's held against the standard of. Two-time one seed. You got co- two-time coach of the year, bud, and you're the two-time MVP. In the rarefied air of that status, you yourself walking onto the court, no matter who the hell the team is, should get you a win or two in any series. Now, the thing that, that I'm seeing with this, with this Giannis debate is when you're defending, when people are defending him as a top five player, the best player in the world, they use regular season stats, how good the team was, all these metrics. All these, all these, all these, all these analytics to defend how good he was, like during the regular season. But then, when I ask you about this shit, the playoffs, the answer, the the uh, response turns to it's about how the team wasn't good enough. The team was good enough. You wouldn't have been the one seed. You wouldn't have had all these historic numbers. Your 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 plus minuses and all this stuff wouldn't have been so great. Your efficiency wouldn't have been all this 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 and the third. George Hill's leading the league in three point percentage. Middleton's another all star, and somehow the team's not good enough. 
or your best player, franchise face of the franchise, two-time MVP, his ass ain't good enough. And it's just as simple as that. Maybe sometimes he just needs to be better. Like, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't, once again, I did not see some dominant ass 40 point, 20 rebound Giannis game in any of these series where you put the, you, you, you know, whip it out and slam it down on the table and show them like what it is. Like, I didn't see that. And like I said, everybody in this chat loves basketball, watches basketball, and has two eyes and knows that there's something missing, that your man just don't have it. And that's the difference between being the best player in the world and the sixth best player in the world. And I think okay. what, I'd, what I'd add to that is just that, like, I think when – and I'll, I'll, I've talked on here this playoffs about being disappointed in Giannis, and I think what I'm looking for is not for him to – for me, it's like to what you're saying, Charles, it's not even like to win the championship, but it's like the the one – the instance that I referenced is was LeBron James in 2015 when he took the dubs to six. And he had no shot in that series. His supporting cast was severely overmatched. And um, they they were pretty much doomed from the moment that Kyrie and K-Love got hurt. But he took them to six games. He was putting up triple-doubles damn near every night. He was slowing the game down to a crawl, bending the game to him, and putting up 30- and 40-point games. And so... There were a lot of people who thought he should have won finals MVP, even though they lost. And again, LeBron is a lofty, uh, is a lofty comparison standard to have to live up to. But that's the kind of thing where, yeah. that I'm looking for is like, okay, sure, you lose to the Heat. You lose to the Raptors. You lose to the Celtics. That happens. Those are great teams. But what, what I think I'm looking for is like, where is that? Where's that like Giannis went down swinging? Giannis averaged 35, 17, and 7 for the well, series. Yeah, but so th- I would say this, this, this series, as you saw, he got injured in game three, right? So he comes out game four. What did we saw? We saw 19 points in like, I think it was 10 minutes. He was on pace for like an insane game, right? And there was no one stopping him to open, open game four. And then he goes down with this, the same ankle injured again so because of his injuries in the first quarter of game three and then um you know in the first quarter of game four we didn't see an actual opportunity we saw the start of what could have been that game what about in game one and two so games one and two Giannis didn't play well admittingly um like I think let's let's look at his exact statistics actually I want to see what he did and he didn't show up in the fourth quarter in either of those games and that's that's a fair critique in games one or two he didn't show up but then when adjustments you know could have been made on his end when he took he was taking the 10x level in game three and four he was clearly injured and then he actually couldn't physically play game four or game five um so again a lo- not a lot of fair critiques in terms of giving him redemption they're just you know something that's out of our control and an injury and Todd made a great point um, in the chat where he said, this This is not an argument about number one player. I already, I already said that's LeBron. This is saying, you're saying guys like James Harden are, is better than Giannis, which, but what, what has James Harden won a meaningful game in his life? I've never, I, hold on. I never said James Harden was better than Giannis. Okay, so who who's your five above Giannis then? In no order, LeBron, Steph, AD, Kawhi. Kawhi's still better. It's four right there. And then I said Giannis is probably fifth. Okay, so LeBron so then Giannis is top five. You said it he was, was never the I said he was fifth or sixth. Okay. So 
I guess we haven't seen Steph play in what I deba- I debate. Time. I I honestly debate if I think Luke is better than him. But that's another, let's go another another question for another day. We haven't uh, okay, so we haven't seen Steph play in five hundred days. When we actually saw Steph on a team that was him as the clear first option, he did not show up. So I think we have to start narrowing the list down and give all these these other players in the honest condition of just not having enough around him as in terms of perimeter game. You you can't compare Steph and Giannis in terms of their offensive games because of how perimeter heavy Steph's game is, how the team built around him is constructed, and then all of a sudden say, oh, well, like, you know, Giannis clearly just isn't good at him. Well, yes, I, yes, I can. That's that's the thing, though. It's basketball. I can say one person can score from everywhere within 30 feet and has an ability to get to the rim and finish at the rim and can score outside and around the rim. And so literally anywhere within 30 feet, Steph Curry's capable of scoring, and anywhere within – and the other person can't score outside of 15 feet. Like, that's that's exactly you can compare two people's offensive games because one person has full capabilities and the other person doesn't. So what what, what is Steph's full capability on the defensive end? You just were talking about offense. You were talking about you couldn't compare the offensive games. No, but I'm, I'm, I'm not, saying I want you to actually critique your list as all-around players, you know, and then – See, okay, so here, this this is one of the things I love all around. I love the all around player debate. So when people say stuff like he's the best two way player in basketball, doesn't that mean he's the best all around player? I mean, again, semantics. I'm just, but that's a, that's a, but nobody says like when people say that about you know they, we used to say that about Paul George. Like Paul George is the best two way player in the league. But if, nobody if ever thought Paul George was the best player in the league. Yeah, I I don't. When, when people throw away that throw around that two way term, I actually don't understand what they mean half the time. I, Me either. I, That's why I was asking. Yeah, I when I mean all around player, I just mean like in terms of overall impact on the game. You know, generating wins, um, both on, on the defensive end. And you mentioned he's like probably the best help side defender in the league. On ball defender, he can guard you know two through four, and sometimes five. He, he's not getting switched on a point guards. Admittedly, his perimeter D on you know, quicker wings can not be the best. Um, but he's still, in, you know, indisputably a top three defender in the league and is still giving you, even despite, you know, not bringing it in the fourth in game one and game two against the Heat, still put up, I think, average maybe 23 and 11 in those first two games, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. I need to check the box score. I, I mean, I, I'll just high take it because this is how I feel, and I'm a little biased because I've, I've been on the train for a long time. I think Anthony Davis is better than Giannis, and I think that's I think I think it's like yeah, I'm I, I'm staying firm on that. He's damn near as equally as good a defender as him, and he's a better offensive player. So Anthony Davis to me is better than Giannis. Yeah, I think that's absurd. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> I that's I don't. I think I like. And when I see them on the court together, no, nah, like, no, nah, Anthony Davis, that's, I, that, that'll be my hot take right there. I said, like I said, even in my top, I had Anthony Davis as one of the top five players. I had Giannis fifth, but I, like, I think Anthony Davis is a better player than Giannis. And I don't think that's absurd at all. I don't think that's, like, I don't think there's anything that Anthony Davis does, I mean, that Giannis does better than Anthony Davis besides, like, I guess you could say, and I'm not even going to say he's a better defender. They're, they're completely different defenders. Yeah, there are. I don't think you can compare them defensively. 
I think they're overall, both like they're 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 a Washington defender. Let's just say that. I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, I think what Giannis gives you as a playmaker is a lot more than what AD gives you. AD's a little bit more of a perimeter threat, but AD's percentages from deep are not great. Um, you know, AD obviously has a more diverse skill set offensively, but he's nowhere near as dominant um, on a um, just general, you know, interior um, shot creation level, though his footwork is admittedly really good. He operates really well in the mid-range. So, yeah, like, I think it's fair to say that his has a more diverse skill set offensively, but is nowhere near the playmaker. And also, when we saw him, you know, have his own team with him as the guy, we didn't see him have any even comparing levels to of success as going to, you know, the Eastern Conference Finals, going up 2-0, having a Chris Middleton followed on a three-pointer in the Raptors series away from, you know, going up 3-0 in that series. No one talks about that, by the way. But, um, yeah, like, I just – I don't think you can compare what AD is doing alongside the best player of the 21st century, if not of all time. And You, know, that's you say 21st debate. century, not all time. Um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's obviously a debate for a different day. I didn't watch Jordan, so I can't speak on behalf. LeBron's the no, best player cool. I've been alive for. So, Fair we're, enough. We're, 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 we're talking about, like – AD playing alongside that and Giannis having I, okay. guy and carry that burden. I just don't even think you can compare the two situations. I'm talking. I, I'm talking about the same. The same Anthony Davis that swept the Blazers, that, that has had playoff. Like you know, New Orleans wasn't the best situation. Everybody knows that. And like so, like shoot shoot Anthony Davis in New Orleans the same bail you're shooting Giannis in Milwaukee. Um, and he did like Drew Holiday was. Okay, but like Drew Holiday wasn't like all star. Did he make the all star team? Them together one year, maybe. Uh, yeah, when it was in New Orleans, I think they both made it. Um, but I'm like I like I said, I I stand firm in that. Like I'm not like I get I I understand you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna rock with you guys. I see Todd in the chat, but once again, like if there's if they're a wash, I'm just looking at it in a, in a vacuum. If they're a wash defensively, and the other person is a clear better offensive player than the other one. He's not though. He is though. In the half court, he can get a bucket. In transition, he can get a bucket. He can he can do everything that Giannis can do. And to say that Anthony Davis see, can't play, let's, make, see, let's say AD do that on his Pelicans team against he the did. Best, against he the did. Best defense in the league. In he did. And if you gave him no, he didn't. He, he swept. He had Alvin Lakers. Gentry. Alvin Gentry was his coach, and you're talking to me like. I would, Bud's a better coach. Alvin than Gentry. Gentry's a better playoff schemer than Mike Bunholzer, and he actually no, plays he, these guys. Oh my God! No, we're not talking about playoffs. We're talking about regular season. I could have got these Anthony Davis stats in the regular season that you're talking about. You're you're talking about a first round playoff victory, okay? Giannis, if, hold on. Here's here's the question. Here you just said year, it. One in five Magic. Like, what are we talking about? We're talking about a first. No, 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 round no. Somebody in the series? chat just asked this perfect question. If AD is on the Bucks instead of Giannis, are the are the Bucks better? The Bucks would lose to the to the Heat if Anthony Davis is on that team. I said I'll say that. I disagree. I don't. I don't see what changes. I don't think. As a matter of fact, I'll even take that back. I think they beat the Raptors last year if Anthony Davis was on that team. Let's be honest. They have no. He can't. Nobody. He can't be guarded. Giannis can be guarded. One person can't be guarded. AD got guarded an awful lot in New Orleans. By who? What, what's that line? Are you looking at? Because I I didn't see that. All right. So let's bring up AD. Playoff stats. 
once again, you're you're bringing up AD's playoff stats, but you're defending Giannis with his regular season stats. No, I'm not. I'm I'm going to compare AD's stats to Giannis's playoff stats, and also I need you to beg the question of, oh, if you know Giannis had LeBron this year, is there even a question of you know who's winning? No, because LeBron enhances both of them, but then Giannis isn't the best player in the world. LeBron still is, so like that that makes it move forward. Exactly, but like I just. Ask, asking such a crazy hypothetical of is, if ADs and Giannis. No, no, no. So I didn't. I, that wasn't my question. My uh, dude asked it in the chat, so I thought I, I would render it. In terms, in terms of a like heliocentric creator, Giannis is levels better than AD as a handler, as a passer, as a overall playmaker offensively. It's not even comparable. <sighs> okay. Whose stats are you looking at? Let me find you. Want, you, want, you want to do a stat comparison in the playoffs? I mean, I'm, I'm, I know you. You got it. I'm. Look, I'm. I'm. I'm listening. Um, hold up. Basketball reference. Come on, give me the playoffs. Um, all right, career playoffs. Oh, it's gonna give me LA though. Eh, whatever. Um. Ching, ching, ching. So, against the Warriors, twenty eighteen, or do you want to use the their their sweep of the Blazers? You can do either one; it doesn't matter. So you know, sweep of the Blazers. Let's see. It looks like he was dropping. He dropped forty seven in that game four. Oh yeah, that's right. Um, but yeah, he can't get an exact average on this, but it looks like he averaged like a little bit over thirty in that Blazer series. Um, rebounds average like. 11. So it's like, yeah, like what similar to what, you know, Giannis is going to do against like the the Magic this year. And I mean, think first round against the Magic, Giannis averaged like 33, 15, and you know, seven, right? Um, mm-hmm. Those are just rough estimations. So like, if we're, if we're going to compare, you know, the trivialness of, you know, first round playoff matchups, that's one thing. But okay, now we, you know, have one example of ad with his own team going against golden state lost in five you know i'm i'm like can't say i watched every game in that series but i remember seeing what ad did and being like wow like you know this is someone who can be the best player on a championship team um and obviously that's why he went to la to join forces with lebron is because he understood that he's not that guy Giannis, it's not it's not determined yet whether he can actually be the guy in a championship team. Oh, see, and that's okay. I guess that's where we differ because I've already made up my mind. Like he can't because he can't, he can't bring it home and key possessions that like the, is you can, you can, you can watch 82 games, watch every damn playoff game. And at the end of the day, the entire season is going to come down to 10, 12 possessions. And then out of all the possessions in the whole season, it's going to come down to 12 possessions, probably six stops you got to make and six buckets you got to go get. Now, he might be able to get me my six stops, but he's not going to be able to go get me my six buckets. Like, and that's all I like. That's the difference, once again, between the, like those players. And I know that in my, out of those six plays on both offense and defense, Anthony Davis can go get me a bucket. If I throw him the ball on the block, if I run pick and roll with him in the high post, if I ISO him at the top of the key, He's going to be able to get me a shot, create something like more, create more than you would give him credit for and give me a bucket. And on the defensive end, he's going to be able to switch on anybody, at least contest, contest any shot 
block most shots and get a rebound for me. That to me, I hear everything you're saying. I just don't, I just can't. Like, I, it's, I, it's, that's just, it's, and it's all a matter of personal opinion. It's all a matter of personal preference. No, I know. Like, I just you're, think you're not, there's no wrong easy. answer. It's just very easy to say that about AD's shot creation when he doesn't have Jay Crowder, Jimmy Puller, and Bam Adebayo standing within two feet of him. One of them actually in his pocket. You know, they're, these are two very different situations. And, like, we haven't right, seen... Right, so we can't really... You can't fairly compare them anyway. But I, I can only make my argument for AD. Exactly. So, like, unless we're relying on hypotheticals, which I don't want to, you know, stoop no. to that level, it's... Of just a matter of okay, let's see what happens with the Bucks next year with Giannis. But using you know, I guess if you say two, now two straight playoffs where two of the best defensive teams in the league have built successful walls against Giannis and a you know a combination of a failed coaching scheme on the Bucks end plus great defense on the other end mean meant that Giannis did not succeed in the playoffs. It was evident. If we're using just you know two playoffs as a, a, a trend then I guess you can, you know, extract, you can make the argument that, you know, Giannis isn't, um, can't be the best player in the championship team, or he can't be your guy. But I want to see him in a somewhat revamped system with a revamped lineup, and then come to that determination after that has occurred. That's fair. Like I said, we could, we could revisit, revisit this. We were only talking about top five now. And I guess one of the last points I want to make about it is like, I hold, one of those things like that I feel as, a, as, a, as an athlete and as a sports consumer. So when it's boxing, MMA, your job is to be in shape. If it's basketball and you got a person like Giannis, somebody like Embiid, somebody like uh, Zion, where you have these glaring weaknesses, Ben Simmons, when you have these glaring weaknesses, when James Harden wasn't playing defense, um, these things in your game that, once again, you get paid a pretty penny to to perform and to do these things. And so if the entire world knows – Zion and Embiid that you're not in shape you would think like at a certain point of you not doing that like I'm gonna hold it against you that you just aren't willing to like put in the work to get in shape so if the entire world you're sitting here telling me for two consecutive years people have built successful walls against you Giannis like when are you going to adjust when are you going to expand your game when are you going to stop shooting air balls on free throws like at a certain point I have to hold it against you that you let this happen to you twice and that you seem to to be ill-equipped and ill-prepared to deal with uh with this wall or whatever these defensive teams like that's how they, like if you know you like he's he's, he's self-aware enough to know like I run people over for a living I run people over and get dunks but you should know like the, the way to stop this is to build a wall in front of me so maybe I need to be prepared to to uh handle myself and equip myself better against that so like when it gets to that against these people like I said him. Ben Simmons not being able to shoot and B not being in shape or giving a damn and Zion not being in shape. Like I hold that against you. Like, no, you know what you need to do, do it. And if you don't like that's on you. And I can't like, I can't say that you're just at that level in that echelon when you're not these pe- person that's shoring up these things. Like I don't need him to be a sniper, but he's got to be like respectable. People need to guard him from that. They wouldn't be able to build a wall. Like it's simple. You want to stop the wall, make a shot. Or have your teammates make a shot. Right. What up, Todd? How's it going? Um, just want to propose a question to you right now. After watching the Clippers collapse this past uh, series, and um, I believe it was 0 for 11 that he and Kawhi both went from um <laughs> Go get you a bucket. 
Same argument, right? Well, you were choppy as you asked that question. My bad. Yeah, Kawhi didn't make a single shot in the fourth quarter yesterday when they needed it. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because, you know, Denver was able to scheme defensively and get those stops. Um, so does that make Kawhi out of your top five as well because he couldn't go get a bucket when they needed it in a game seven? No, 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 no. I think, okay, that's, that's actually a good, that's a good question. It's a fair point. No, the difference in the two in the two things was, and I actually, even though Kawhi didn't make didn't make a single shot yesterday, I actually appreciated it. At least he went down with the ship. There were other guys on the Clippers that seemed to seem to give up, and he kept shooting. He kept trying until you know until that until he got that until they stole that ball from him and uh, Grant got that dunk. That's kind of my thing with Giannis. Giannis he, to me, he he fades into the background towards the end of the games, and he doesn't show that level of aggression. Like I don't care. I I would I would I would entertain a lot more of your guys' arguments if he was taking those shots and just missing them. But it's the fact that he's not even taking those shots. He's not even really making those plays because he's not capable of it. And so, like, I don't care. I, I generally don't care if people miss shots. I care when people don't like try hard. When James Harden just stops, goes and stands in the corner during the playoff game. Like, I get mad about that, but, like, people miss shots. Like, I don't care, like, that much about it, unless you're Paul George and you just miss your shots. It's hilarious. But, no, nah, I'm not going to get mad at the man for, for going, you know, 0 for 11. This is the same person who was, you know, finals MVP last year. Like, he helped, you know, he did his thing in the playoffs. And I can live with missing shots. I can't I can't live with you not taking shots or you just seeing them like, like the moment's too big for you. So you're, what you're saying is that deferring to players that, you think give you a better opportunity and LeBron does this a lot too is in terms of creating shots for others open corner threes you know to Danny Green creating those higher percentage looks or more efficient shots when you are being double teamed down the stretch you say we'd rather have a guy go 0 for 11 than defer and not take those shots and give you a better chance of winning no okay so I hear I what I'm saying is you, you use LeBron as the example so Lakers lose game one they come out, they win game two. Game three, and remember um, in game two, the Rockets almost came back and won that game. LeBron closed really well. Game three, LeBron started out that game with like three layups in a row, like straight to the left basket, taking bumps, layups in a row, just to kind of get to this point of like, screw all this. I'm getting to the bucket. It's bully ball. I'm establishing my, like, I'm establishing my will on these people. So like, that's what I'm saying. Like I can live with, like I said, Kawhi missing shots is Kawhi missing shots. Well, you use LeBron as a proxy. I just want, like, Giannis in one of these games. Where's this Giannis imposed his will upon these people? Like, and let, like none of these – you're telling me about, you know, you're, you're telling me is, about these – go ahead. I, I think you uh, misconstrued what I was saying a little bit. I, my point was that closing is more than just shot making. It is generating the highest percentage of looks for your team, whether that be you taking them or passing it out to others. Right. And I think but I also think that that there is a point in that where there comes a level of, of self-awareness to understand that, like. Kicking the ball to Eric Bledsoe is not actually the best play that it, even though it is, even though Eric Bledsoe is wide open in the corner, like that's part of the thing of being the best player, like with the best player on the court is like, no, nah, I got this like Jimmy Butler yesterday on that take against Tatum yesterday. Like, I'm sure that like there were he kicked that to Dragons if he want to. But no, he put his head down. And he got to the bucket and made something happen like I understand all that what you're saying but like at that highest level like we keep saying like he doesn't do that that i'm putting the city on my back i'm putting the team on my back and like i'm making this happen like you once again nobody can stop you from getting to the rim 
So there shouldn't be a need on some of these plays to, you know, to uh, kick the ball out there. Whereas I just want him to like, you know, 30 seconds left in the game. I'm putting my head down. I'm getting to the bucket. Here's like, my he, thing. If I can rebuttal real quick, Charles. Um, Jimmy Butler also had Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, Jay Crowder, um, a lot more elite shot makers than Dante DiVincenzo and Eric Bledsoe. Um to space the floor for him to be able to go to the bucket and get that shot. I, I think, I think it's naive to discount the fact that he doesn't have shot makers on the perimeter to be able to create that space for him to be able to put his head down and go get a bucket in the clutch. The same thing happened with Steph against the Raptors last year. You couldn't, he couldn't do anything because they were throwing three bodies at him because they could, because they had Alfonso McKinney and Andre Iguodala on the floor at the same time and not Clay and KD. Not that I'm saying you need two players of the caliber like Clay and KD, but you need two elite shot makers, if not more, to be able to have the space to create and go get a bucket, get downhill, and, you know, get yourself a bucket in the clutch. I, I, I want to make two notes to that in, in response to that. One, the Bucks were the one seed. The Heat are the five seed. So, like, you're sitting here, once again, you guys are talking about the Heat. Like, the Heat were the one seed, and the Bucks were the five seed. You're telling me all Again, you're talking well, about well, the regular season, though, no, right? No, but you're, but you're, saying, you're sitting here telling you're me. You're talking well, about the regular season, though. Right. And I, but I'm saying, so I'm, I'm, let me finish real quick. Like, but you guys are saying that, you know, that he had Duncan Robinson out there. First off, Duncan Robinson, you mean undrafted, unproven Duncan Robinson from, like, Come unproven on, like this, in, that's, un, unproven in what sense? That's in, in one the of the best point shooters in the league. In his very first playoffs, and once, it, and he's not. And Duncan Robinson is not Chris Middleton. Duncan Robinson doesn't get paid seventy million dollars like Eric Bledsoe. Again, but there's Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero and Jay Crowder, all guys who can hit those. Jay, shots. hold on, hold on, hold on. If you're gonna say Jay Crowder, I, I'm gonna say Brooke Lopez. Brooke, because neither, no, neither one of them are. Brooke, in terms of what. Crowder, you're telling know, me you're Duncan, telling me that the Heat have shooters like the Bucks don't have shooters. You're, that's they, what you're, they don't. you're trying to make it the, seem the, like the, the Bucks, Bucks don't have the shooters. Bucks have, the Bucks have missers right now. <laughs> the Bucks have guys that they like Wesley Matthews, who they brought on as a veteran shooter, right? Who isn't actually a big time shot maker, and he hasn't been really at any point of his career. Um, Eric Bledsoe has never been a shooter. In fact, he's one of the worst shooting guards in the entire league. Chris Middleton is one of the better shooters in the league. Would I consider Milton a truly, truly elite shooter? I don't think so. I think he's an elite shot creator. And a lot of his shots are not spot-ups. Um, they're off the dribble, right? He's not, he's not as much of a catch-and-shoot three-point three point guy. Um, and then Brooke Lopez shot 29% from three this year. So of these shooters that you seem to be talking about, I don't think they actually exist on this Bucks roster. And part of what I want them to do is go out and get real elite shot makers this offseason. And again, I, I'm just saying you need the right supporting cast around you as a star to be able to be clutch in the fourth quarter regardless. Um, and to say that Michael Jordan or LeBron James ever won a series in the clutch by themselves entirely is naive because you can't. It's impossible. So I, I think that you discounting the fact that the, he didn't really have the shot makers on his team. He's got a whole go. other all-star on his team, though. 
Yeah, Middle, Middleton's a good player. He's not. Oh, he's not, yeah, he's not okay. Scottie Pippen. He's not. Okay, I like I like okay. Middleton a lot. But if if you want to like throw like Middleton in comparison to the some of the other duos in the league, as even just pointed out, you mean the guy who just had a 50-40-90 season who was an All Star this year who gets Dude, paid like an All Star? Middleton's, Middleton's great. Don't get me wrong, Middleton's great, and I actually wish they would have run way more offense through him to start the Heat series, recognizing that the way to beat the wall is by having Giannis play off ball. Right? They didn't. Okay, huge coaching failure. But that does not mean that the Bucks didn't have, you know, or the Bucks had this, you know, insane amount of elite three-point shooting. DiVincenzo, below-average shooter. Pat Connaughton, below-average. Like, all these guys who, like, have somehow been clumped in this idea that it's Giannis and shooters. It's not. It's literally Giannis, Middleton, so, and guys that are I, supposed I'm, to I'm looking at the three-pointers made this season. The <laughs> heat, heat were 14.3, and the Bucks are at 13.1. So oh, the, but that's the, the, regular, made, that's the regular season. So, but I'm just saying though. So you're sitting there telling me that like this other team has so many more shooters than the other, but they pretty much make the same amount of threes a game. How many are they attempting per game? I'm just curious. Not that I'm saying that 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 necessarily matters, but it kind of does. The Bucks are shooting. The Bucks are shooting 36.8 a game, and the Heat are shooting 37 a game. So the same amount of threes. Okay. Um. It was it was very evident in that series that the Heat had way way more elite shot making. I don't I don't think you can dispute that. And also, I'd like to say in regards to Middleton's fifty forty ninety season, Middleton being an All Star, Middleton being as productive of a player as he is, is a product of Giannis and the gravity that he. Um, that he brings and the the playmaking that he brings. Listen, I, I'm not, I'm not a huge Giannis guy, um, but Middleton being an all-star is a product of, of Giannis. And the same can be said of Steph and Clay and even Draymond. Three were. Teams as well. Um, put them on their own. They're not all-stars. They're not that type of player. I think that's fair to say. Um, I don't think it's unfair to say that either. Yeah, I guess. However, with Bam and Jimmy Butler, I I think it's easy to say that those two are all-stars regardless of who they're playing with. Just, just my, just my ten cents as far as that goes. Um, but it, you got to look at the willingness, the sheer willingness and disrespect to leave the Bucks shooters alone on the perimeter and completely crowd Giannis um, has everything to say uh, about his team around him and nothing to do with Giannis. I'm just saying. And I think that obviously um, affects his ability to be clutch, his ability to be effective um, a lot more than your typical star player. Um, If we're comparing him to Jimmy Butler, for example, like you said, Charles, Jimmy Butler can go get a bucket out of the end of the game. Again, he's operating in much more space because the Bucks had to honor those shooters that were on the perimeter. Um, I, I just think that 
in my opinion, I think he's a top five player in the league. Uh, I think that if you're not, if you're an MVP, then there's no way that I couldn't, you know, I could leave you out of that top five. Um, and with that being said as well, in the playoffs, you like to bring that up as well. It takes a whole team to win playoff series, uh, not just one man, unless you're Allen Iverson. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's just that's just my opinion. You're entitled to it. I hear. I get what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. One thing though, to say that, but I guess the thing I'm hearing what you guys are saying about the like the fact that the Heat had more elite shot makers. The reason they had more elite shot makers is because your best player is not an elite shot maker. Like that's what that's what tips the scale for the uh, for the Heat to have more shot makers than you guys. If Giannis could shoot, you would have more sh- like elite shot makers than than them. He wouldn't have no, any Jim, for that. Jimmy Jimmy Butler shot twenty four percent from three during the regular season. Bam's not a three point like um, exactly. So where are these elite shooters at that you guys keep all, like? Because you're telling every you're tell- every other role player on the Miami Heat is an elite. They're shot only man. playing five people at a time. So if two of them can't shoot, the two that are out there can't shoot. You're only telling me about three shooters, possibly three shooters. Three very so, very good shooters who can hit it. Chris Middleton. So you have Chris. Hold on, Chris Middleton's a very very good shooter. Robin Lopez is a very, very good shooter. Robin Lopez. My, my bad, Brooke. Brooke, Brooke, Brooke Lopez is not a very, very good shooter. Brooke Lopez shot 29% from three this year. You have one. I'll give you the one. What did Wesley Matthews shoot from three? Wesley Matthews takes two to, to two attempts per game. Wesley Matthews goes games where he shoots one three. That's, that's, that's not a high-volume three-point shooter. That's a guy who sometimes makes threes. To even call Wesley Matthews a, like a shooter is a stretch because he just doesn't take enough shots. So we have I one player in Chris Middleton who's a high-volume knockdown three-point shooter. Aside from who's, that... Who's also Ross, better than every other of those three other guys that I just mentioned. Who's better okay, than Hero, than Duncan in Robinson. Order, in order to benefit from floor spacing, you literally need at least, at, at minimum, two other guys playing off ball that are elite, medium to high-volume Then I ask you shooters. this. Who were the people on the on the Bucks that were making these 13 threes a game then? Because all I'm saying is you're telling me about these elite shooters, but then when we look at the actual numbers of it, they're making the same amount of threes. So over the course of the year, they're actually about – you guys shoot about as well as they do. So then it comes down to your big-time players versus their big-time players, and your big-time player couldn't get it done. That's the only point I've been making for an hour is I don't think that Giannis is one of the – is that, that level of player. He's not in the – Point zero one percent. He's not a one percent of basketball. You said the Bucks and the Heat's three point percentage was the same during the the play. That's I year. said three point. I said three point is made per game. Yeah. What was the three point percentage? Let's look. Let's look. Also, I think we should exclude. I mean, we actually don't have to exclude games. Never mind. But, um, yeah, I oh, just. Thirty. The Bucks were thirty-five point six percent. The Heat were thirty-eight percent. Thirty thirty-five to thirty-eight. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a decent difference. It's it's a wide enough margin to, um, you know, explain what I saw. Definitely felt more dramatic than that. I think. Um, Brooke actually did have a good series shooting the ball, um, but. You know, overall, Brooks not the most reliable shot maker. And if you look at his shot selection, it's t- three seconds in the shot clock. I'm pulling up from five feet beyond the arc. 
it's not exactly the type of floor spacing that really is going to benefit Giannis. And obviously, and Drogic talked about this, specifically setting out Bledsoe is the exact reason why Jay Crowder was able to help and build this wall. Is the, the root of the wall, and I, I can't, I can't, I guess you could say the, the true root of the wall is Giannis's inability to, to make a three. Okay, fair enough. Oh, the can only, I, can, the second can I reason, two seconds? Second, what? And say that, also, I completely forgot. George Hill led the league in shooting, and he was playing maximum minutes because Eric Bledsoe wasn't out there a lot. So George Hill was out there. So that's a whole other shooter who led the league in three point percentage. George Hill you had great. shooters out there, but you George had Hill shooters out there during the regular season. But you, um, once again, you got to pick which one it is. But you had shooters out there. You have you have Chris Middleton, and you have the guy who led the league in shooting percentage. You have enough shooters. Thirty-five percent, man. Like that's <laughs> in the bubble. That's because that's because Giannis. If you, it's because Giannis's threes are. You have to think about it. If you have the guy, you have Kyle Corbin, you have the guy who's leading the league in, in three-point percentage, but you're th- shooting thirty-five percent. Is it? Could it be because your best player, the guy that we've been having this entire conversation about, can't shoot worth his shit and he's fucking up the curve for the for the group? I think that might be it too. In fact, he's pulling that down because if you I mean, got George Hill shooting, Giannis is pulling that down. Giannis was like five percentage points at least better than Jimmy Butler this season from three. So, if, if you're going to use that argument, it has to go both ways. To three threes again. Once again, you guys are taking. The, you're telling me who's who shot the threes, and I'm telling you, you guys shot the same amount of threes. You shot damn near the same percentage. Like, like, but you're telling me that this team is a vastly better shooting team, and the stats don't bear that out. A three per, a three percentage point in over a no you hold on you you, you, you from three you, you, is a, is a you yourself just said measurement. three percent thirty five versus thirty eight is a significant you, up, you increase in Logan time. you literally just said that three minutes ago when I first said that stat that's not that significant of a like and I understand it's three points it's not but you yourself just said it wasn't that great but it's fine I said it was statistically like, significant. You did not. That's not what you said, but it's it's cool. Thirty thirty uh, thirty eight. It is no. Now you're, now you're saying that. That's not what you initially said. Oh, yeah. Do you want to look at? Do you, do we want to look at the breakdown, the spectrum of every NBA team? If you look at top to bottom, I bet they only vary by four percent. I'm that. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying okay. you originally said you you originally said something different to that. That's all I'm saying. If, if you I might did, just mis- you, you might you might have just misspoken. You might have just misspoken. Yeah. That's fine. That's fine. I, I too. must have. But I do think that's three percent over the course of the series is you know, probably 10 to 12 made more made threes. You know, that's a difference of 30 to 40 points over the course of five games. That's very significant, right? Yeah, but at the same time, like, the if we're going by percentage points, the Magic shot the fifth best in the league. Is that why? Like, but you guys beat them. Like, I'm just saying, like, I, I just feel like that point where, like, if, if we got to go, if we have to go this deep into it, then, uh, like, then that's that's all I'm saying. If we have to get into that far of the points, when I'm just going off what I'm telling you, what I see with my eyes, and like I can feel it and and defend my and my stance on it. You feel how you guys feel because you guys have your have your Milwaukee. You guys, you're a Bucks fan, so I'm gonna let you have that. I just like I have eyes. I've played enough basketball in my life. Like I understand what I'm looking at, and when I see that, I like I can in a vacuum look at the person. You're sitting there trying to tell me all this other shit, and that's all well and good. The thing about basketball historically is this there it does take great teams, but in, in the midst of this great team, like in all sports, there's a there comes a moment in every season wherever where the best player, that's this is why he's the best player, this is why he gets all the press, he has to step up. 
and do what he is paid to do. And your man doesn't do it. Now, you can give me all the factors of why this, that and the third. But I know for a fact, like if he could do it, he would do it. Because I've seen multiple players over the history of, of the, the entire of my time playing, watching basketball do it and get it done. And that's all I'm saying. So I hear everything you guys are saying. You can throw me all this all this bullshit stats and this and the third because you're telling me about the team. I'm not talking about the team. I'm talking about a player. And I understand okay, so- coaches, coaches systems and all that. But like you can't tell me that a person that cannot make that cannot go get their own shot is like that's the nuts and bolts. That's the difference between first and sixth. That's the, I keep coming back to the same point. And I'm not saying the man is like, like terrible. I'm not saying he sucks. I'm not saying he's any of that. I think he's a good, like a very, very good basketball player. I don't have, disagree with any points of his MVPs or any of that. I just don't think that, that you can be the one of the th- two to three, four best players in the world and you can't shoot. So you say you said you either can't shoot and can't create your own shot. Or that, that that's a dichotomy there, and I want to address it because there's an incongruency between saying he can't create his own shot and averaging 29 points a game. You know, first game of the series, game one, he had 18 points, 10 rebounds, and nine assists. Damn near triple double. Second game, 29. 18 points. points. 18 points for my from 18 points. That's all. All right, game two, cool. 29 okay. points, 14 Once rebounds. Again. Okay, that's that's exactly what we expect out of him. Um, in the fourth quarter, was he great? No, and I, and I already admitted that. So then game three, he's injured. Game four, he's injured and has to leave. So all that matter, but all that matters is, once again, so you, you killed him in the, fourth, in the first three quarters. That's cool. And then in the fourth quarter, you didn't do anything. Down the stretch, when your team needed you, your team needed you, and you did not deliver. In that moment, when everybody's looking at you, and, and in that moment, you did not deliver for your team. So we're, look, we're looking at two games. Game one and game two, I think those are the games. I'm looking, I can go, I'm talking about last year as well. When the team, when everybody looks at you as, hey, you are the MVP. You are, this is, this is your team. This is what, is what you say goes. Like we, when you, when you follow, we lead. I mean, you lead, we follow. That guy didn't, cannot deliver, does not deliver in the clutch for his team because he cannot go get his own shot. That's, he cannot go get his own shot. That doesn't like he can't get because he can't get all the way to the basket and he can't create space to shoot that bullshit. He shoots. So he can't create his own shot and he can't shoot. Those two things are can be both of those things can be true. Yeah. And again, I would I would dispute that by saying you're um, over extrapolating two playoff series. And that's all we know. can go off of, though. I'm not over. I, that's all I can do is use that. Like, I can't. I get what you're saying, like, and like I said, we're not talking about a long-term projection. I can only go off what's actually happened. That's so, all so I can do. I'm only basing. I'm not and, not and over extrapolating. I'm using the data that's present. There's a mountain of no, there's because there's a mountain of evidence that sh- suggests this is exactly what Giannis can do. But you're taking the two playoff series in which Budenholzer got out schemed and a successful wall was built against a team, like I said, that was not hitting their three-point shots. And you're using these two specific series. And really, Giannis was injured, like I said, past game two for this series. So we're looking at, what, four bad games overall for Giannis in, in the Toronto and Heat series combines. And we're extrapolating this narrative that Giannis can't create his own shot off of four bad playoff games. No, that's off me watching him play basketball for four years. Like, no, nah, he can't no, create his own shot. That's not. That's not. True. No, I've seen. No, I've seen him. No, I've seen him run through teams. Like I said, on a Tuesday night of a back to back. But I've seen Bam lock him up on multiple occasions. I've seen like what? Do you, like I get what you're saying, but I've also seen like he in the pick and roll and and an up and down game. 
Like, yeah, he's one of the best players in the world in the regular season. Like, we can, I think we should all just agree on that. But, like, nobody cares about how good of a regular season player you are. I don't personally care. I barely watch basketball during the regular season because it's not that important because it's not that serious because I know with travel schedules and this, that, and the third, they're throwing away games. So, like, I, I'm, once again, I'm hearing what you guys are saying. I'm trying to get all of this, like, check everything that you guys are, are getting with. But – you like you guys know basketball you know like you guys play pickup and if it's if if it's you know you're going to 15 and it's 13 13 you're you're giving the ball to your best player you don't care if he kicks it to the guy in the corner if he kicks it to the fifth guy that you pick you'd be so and you lose that game you'd be mad as hell why'd you pass it to him so like so sit here and tell me that somebody's making the right play like you all we all play basketball we all know what i'm talking about and like that's not the guy that if we need to get a bucket that's not the guy to give the ball to we all, I think we can I all, think, I think I we think can all understand that. as creating the highest percentage look for your team. And kicking the ball. And that's my thing. That's, that's a lack of understanding of basketball. You kicking the ball to Eric Bledsoe in the corner is not the highest percentage shot. You don't think that LeBron kicking it to Danny Green instead of taking a very, you just can, you're comparing Danny Green. Yes. Kicking the ball to Danny Green is completely different than kicking the ball to Eric Bledsoe. So who, so then who is Giannis supposed to kick the ball to? Middleton's no, being that's, no, that's my thing, though. And then, there's three, then get, and there's then three you, guys then, guarding Giannis. What, what, then what be you? better. Make the right basketball play. Be, be better as in don't allow uh, Miami to throw three guys at you? Have, no, have, have more things in your game to where they can't. Or be able to, like I said, why can't you – you're making excuses. that Why can't he impose his will on the game? I see other people make ways to get to the basket. Stop using – like, is it really just the fact that he goes and does that weak-ass spin move every time and they just dig are digging down on the spin move? It's not a wall. They're just like – like, once again, they couldn't set up a wall if you could shoot. Yeah, so I guess I if, you're, like I said, if, you're, if your critique is that Giannis's lack of a shot, lack of a perimeter game just disqualifies him for being a top five that have that opinion, I don't think there's that much legitimacy to it. But, you know, like you said, it's I your opinion. I think that's a key fact. I'm here, like I said, and I'm I, me saying he is six in the world does not mean I think he sucks. That's just like I keep like I keep glossing going over. It's just the finer points of the game to me that like if you can't do that, I cannot say in full confidence that you are not that you're one of the best five players in the world because you, you don't you don't scare the other team in that way because you're not like you're like down the stretch. You're not worried about the play that you're gonna make. All they gotta do is worry about boxing you out. That's all you're gonna do is maybe get an offensive rebound. I, I think that's why Middleton shoots. That's why Middleton shoots a lot of the, like the end of the end of the game shots. And, you know, even though he hits a decent amount of them, because you're drawing these plays up for Chris Middleton. But I, if you're a top five player in the world and they're not drawing plays up for you at the end of the game, like, how are you a top five player? I used the Shaq example earlier. Top, you know, greatness comes in many forms. It's not all just shot making isolation ball down the stretch. And like, Shooting I don't want to talk bail. about this. At, I don't want to talk about this at nauseum. Because I feel like the point has been made, but we've been at this for an hour and twenty minutes. We are at past that nauseum. We're, we're past nauseum. But again, <laughs> I must say, to expect a guy, and this is a truly unprecedented defensive strategy. There's never been anything like it. That further reiterates Giannis. They've never game. so they didn't they didn't they didn't wall up Michael Jordan. The Pistons didn't wall up Jordan. If if you can show me film of four the, guys, the, the Warriors the Warriors didn't wall up LeBron. I wish I could post a picture in here actually because I have some great ones saved of just the exact type of wall that I'm talking about. We've okay, never yeah, seen we've I, never seen anything like it. We have never so, seen okay. anything like it. So they've never they didn't wall up Jordan. They didn't not uh, not in the same way that they walled up Giannis. 
They never walled up. The Warriors never walled also, up LeBron. You have to remember okay. that there, there was there was okay. totally different defensive rules in the '90s where it was considered illegal defense to um, come off your man for an extended period of time. So those illegal defensive rules also prevented these type of walls from taking place to begin with, right? Say that again. There were, you know, the illegal defense rule. Um, I forget exactly when it was removed, but it was yeah. It was illegal to play health defense, essentially, for an extended period of time, more so than just to avoid a screen. And a lot of, I believe a lot of Jordan's career was spent without or with the presence of the illegal defense rule, which was then lifted and allowed these, you know, this wall strategy to take place. So, you know, we, we, we wouldn't have seen the wall in Jordan's day. We saw him get double teamed. We saw him get half. If you show, okay, if you show me a picture of the wall, those people are either at the free throw line. They're not walling him up nine feet from the basket. They're walling him up at the free throw line. There's not that many people in the lane. I've seen these same exact pictures. Also, people digging down. Like, you're, conf- I think you're confusing a wall with people digging down and sagging down on your drive and people collapsing. That's not sitting in a zone and waiting for somebody. Like, like that's a wall. Like sagging in and or helping down, and because like I said, when Giannis picks up his dribble and goes to that spin move, all I saw was were people diving at his feet to strip the ball. I didn't think that I didn't take that as a wall. I just took that as like sinking down and 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 corralling him. Um, so like I didn't I, I like I said, you'd have to show me a picture of somebody just standing in the lane waiting for him. That that wasn't Bam, but they every time I from what I saw with my eyes when when they were walling him up, that they were it seemed to be that they were uh, just at the free throw line waiting for him, catching, like trying to corral him in transition more than anything. So you're yes. talking, I feel like I understand what you're saying about the wall, but the wall, the wall was more of a, of, of a full court thing than it wasn't a half court. I, wall, I made my the point. Wall, the, yeah. Todd, continue. I just, I just made my point in the chat. Um, I don't know. I, I think we're, we're just going on and on about the same thing now. Um, we definitely, we definitely are. I just think it's, I just think it's funny that you're comparing Giannis playing against a wall to Jordan playing against a wall. And I think if you're no, comparing Logan Giannis, was saying it was unprecedented. Like nobody, he, that's all. I would, that's the only point I was making. He made it seem like it never happened before. And and I stand by that. And I, I, think I don't I think he, so. Eric Spolstra invented invented defense. <laughs> help, help, no, the, help, the wall, help the defense wall is help defense regardless. But when four guys are playing help defense on someone. Within, uh, within it's like definitely he's not the first the, the person sheer, ever happened to I'm saying that he's not the first person ever but how many people can you say that have has had that done to them Jordan LeBron that's some pretty good company but he's not a top really 5 bad. player today today no he's not I just and even then and you're even comparing him like to, like, to the two best players I'm, of all time but he's not a top 5 player today well, LeBron's not. LeBron's not my. I don't think LeBron's top two, but that's a whole. Other, that's a whole other discussion. Um, okay, he's top five player of all time, sure. Yeah, but no, I'm not Still. comparing them at all. I'm just. I'm speaking on the defenses. I'm not even comparing them as players. I'm just speaking on the defenses. Like I don't think like Giannis isn't the first player that they ever built a wall to stop him from getting to the, to the to the cup. That's 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 an absurd statement. Like that's Eric Smolska did not invent a new defense. I didn't say that. I said it was deployed by Nick Nurse last year. In the in the nature Nick Nurse did not invent. So, like I said, that's not. He's not the first person to ever be like, we need to stop this person in transition. So we're like, that's to, not. That's to, no. To, to such a dramatic level to actually ignore other defensive assignments to completely be in position as your first responsibility, being a secondary defender on a star player. Yes, this is actually the first time we've seen it happen. That's not true. I'm just not even like okay. 
I think it's we, just, we, we, I think we, everyone's just stuck in their ruts. <laughs> everyone's just stuck in their ruts. Charles, do you have a, do you have a, do you have like an email I can send this picture to? Yeah, or just send it to me on Twitter. Oh, shit. Yeah, I got you. I just, I, I, I'm not, I once again, I'm not saying you guys are wrong on any point you're making. I said, like, I, I'm with you on everything you're saying. I just think that in, if you, if I take all of that, and I agree with all of you, everything you're saying on that. I still can't. I haven't been my fifth best player. That's where he's at. And I don't think that's like with all the information. You guys can be you guys can be absolutely 100 percent right in everything you're saying. And I still think he's top five. And I agree with everything you're saying. And I still think he's the fifth best player in the league. So what's the point in bringing up arguments if you're not willing to listen to them? Like, no, 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 no. I'm hearing your argument. I heard every I entertained it. I respected your opinion. You're allowed to have your opinion. I didn't like. I feel that he's top five, and I'm. I, what's the point of me making my? So wait, you feel that he's you top guys, five. You feel. Like I said he's. Fi- I said he's fifth. I said he's fifth. Okay, I thought we were arguing this whole time that he's not top five. No, I said he, like. Oh, you missed the part where I where we actually went through our top fives, and I said he's fifth. Oh, I thought you put. I thought no, the entire thing. Kawhi in front the of entire, him. If I ever post, if I ever post a topic. It's more just like, like I said, to get you guys in here and so we can debate it. That, like, I'm not like I did. I, the more of the question was after this, did did anybody feel that he wasn't top five or where it was the standing at? More, more, more of a recap of what we thought our standing in the league in his in the league was after what happened in the playoffs. Like, is it time to rethink him as you know, is he top five? You really get into the nuts and bolts of it. I mean, earlier I remember you saying Kawhi, Curry, and LeBron were all better. You you said that verbatim. Yeah, I thought I thought it was I thought it was AD, Steph, Kawhi, KD, and LeBron. Yeah, I didn't. I, told, was, I didn't was, think I didn't believe. It. No, I I didn't think I said KD because he was hurt. That's why. That's that why I had. Did I, I mean? Because you were saying it. he okay. was. You were saying he was six, and then I came at you with another argument. Then you said, "Okay, maybe I have." Him and then you said possibly Lucas, which would make him seven. See, one of those guys I didn't have in there then, because I said Luca's fifth or sixth, and I I do remember saying Luca was fifth or sixth, and I was debating. So that. what I remember so is LeBron, LeBron, there's seven KD, people. You just guys Steph, just said seven Kawhi. people there. Yeah, then he's sixth. I feel like I feel like with the information <laughs> okay. we have at hand, a two-time MVP, Defensive Player of the Year, I think you have the burden of proof to supply reasons for everyone you have on the list ahead of him of why they're all better. Why I think LeBron is better than him, that's self-explanatory. Not, not I think, LeBron, I think the saying... only one you really need to prove is AD, and I don't I, – I think I, I lean more towards Giannis than AD, although I can understand your points as well. Right, like I'm I done. said, we, deba- we, we debated AD on that one. So, like, yeah, that's the one – that's the one I guess that you guys want to – like, we debated, and, and we already kind of talked about that. Like I said, there's, there's no – I'm going to feel how I feel. Like we both watch the same amount of basketball. Like we both see anything, how you, how you're perceiving it and how I'm perceiving it are two different things. So that's all good. Yeah. I mean, and yes, and yes, there's no, Paul George is bottom five. I feel like we're, yeah, we're at a point in in the conversation where there's nothing. We're going in circles. We're going in circles. Like, yeah, they're both good. They're both really good. Um, Is there anything else you want to discuss though? (laughs) Uh, I mean, (laughs) well, Ethan just wrote that Paul George is bottom five. Uh, and since we're talking about top fives, like I remember, you know, at the end of last year, uh, Paul George was, you know, he's third in MVP voting and widely considered, you know, I, I, I thought he was maybe, you know, sixth, seventh, eighth best player in the world. But how much has what you've seen from him in the bubble really changed your opinion of him as a player? Paul George. Um, yeah. 
Man, playoff fee. Um, pandemic fee. Pandemic fee. I saw pathetic fee going around last night. That one hit different. But um, I think ultimately we've yet to see, you know, recently him actually have put together a good playoff series. He has good games here and there. But the fact that he has disappeared now for how many years is there? there's enough of a body of evidence there to suggest that, you know, this is a guy that is not dependable in a playoff series. The, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, comes up, comes up small in big moments. Uh, it's like, I mean, that's the easiest way to explain it. Um, like I said, he, he ended last year, you know, it's like a top seven or eight player. And um, he's probably on like the fringe of my top 15 now. Like I, like, you know, he's, I'd say he's in that Jimmy Butler range, but I, I would put Jimmy Butler ahead of him just because just off a of heart and, and want to. And, and do I trust that? And, you know, in those deciding games and those deciding moments that we were talking about earlier, like I'm going to actually get like your full effort. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to leave this game with a, uh, with an empty clip. Like Paul George just was, I don't know. When he hit the side of the backboard yesterday, like I just was, I, yeah, that was, that, I, was, that was, that was irredeemable. PG seems to be, in his head just about more than any other player that I think we've seen that is at his level. Like just the lack of just mental fortitude to just be able to endure fans shit talking you on social media and everything that's going on. You know, at the end of the day, there's no way to, you know, discern between what variables are affecting what players in the bubble. But like everyone's under relatively similar conditions and, you know, PG has just proven time and time again that he is just just immensely weak guy on court. Yeah, I was I was quite quite disappointed in what I saw from him. Like I said, it's not even I can, I and I keep saying I can live with with people, you know, missing shots and, and and things of that nature. Like, but it's just like it's the way it's the body language, it's the fact that you know to be six nine, almost six ten. The way he settles for threes, uh, when he's you know when we've seen him go to the rim and dunk on people, like he's athletic as hell, and he just settles for being a you know six nine six ten jump shooter. And then like if you're not going to do that, you know the you know the hallmark of of, this, of the Clippers were supposed to be their defense. And then so you're not making shots, and on top of that, you're not playing any damn defense. Like I'm just like he like he and then he you know in the post game he was talking about you know he wanted to run it back this year. Like they need changes. Like their their team is, you know, a bunch of guys who are all talking. Like, he's one of those people, you know, that, that swears he's, you know, I understand they got the contracts and the endorsements and, you know, signature shoes and that shit. But, like, at a certain point, like, you have to actually live up to the hype. You have to actually be that person that you, uh, that the you know, that the media and that everybody, um, you know, gasses you up to be. If you're part of this dynamic duo, that's part, you know, they suck together. But, you know what I'm saying? At a certain point, like, you got to be, you got to step up and, and do your thing. And, Eric, I definitely agree with you. Doc Rivers needs to go. Yeah, I, I've never been that high on Doc Rivers. I think he's underachieved with, you know, obviously he won a ring, but he's underachieved with teams for a long time, really, really talented teams. Um, you know, the, the Blake CP3, DeAndre Jordan, Reddick team was on paper perhaps the second most talented team in the league for three, four years. And did he even ever make it to a conference finals? Maybe. I don't think he did. But... Yeah, they they say, you know, Doc Rivers is a great player coach and he gets he's known for 
um, in the past getting the most out of some of his guys. But, you know, what, what we've seen now in the last um, three, four, five, six, you know, actually, no, it goes back way longer than that, is this guy is not in this elite tier or even like great tier of NBA coach once um you know promulgated in the media i just i just don't think he's that guy and my like he's nowhere near what even like i think would even like a steve kerr does um i do do like where where do you see i guess doc rivers in 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 like your coaching tier like middle i mean i i think no i think he's i think he's a quality coach i just think that what's happening with uh a lot of those older coaches is like they're being I wouldn't say they're being phased out, but they're they're just past their peak of like their influence and all that being like I think I thought, you know, when he was you know, when he was coaching the Celtics, I thought he was a top five coach. But that's because he was a uh, you know, he's a players coach, he's managing egos and, and things of that nature. That's more of his strong suit. When it gets down into the you know, him having these these teams with like Blake and whatnot, those teams that he had to maybe X and O more and draw up things and make in game adjustments to, he's not that's not his strong suit. Like he's not Brad Stevens in that sense. He's not Spo. Um, I think he's more of a player's coach and a, and a rallying egos and, and handling personalities and being able to have Lou and Montrez and the Morris twin and all those guys on the team and at least have them somewhat, you know, pushing in the same direction. I think that's where he excels. But, you know, when you run up to these guys that are, you know, that are going to scheme you up and, and really, you know, really out coach you, you know, the Mike Malone's of the world and, and, and things of that nature, the guys that can really coach and really put these, you know, put, to, put your team in, in positions of stress. I don't, I think, like, I think that that day has kind of gone. I feel like, you know, Doc's time has kind of passed. Like I said, the Docs, the Alvin yeah. Gentrys, the Nate McMillans, all like, it's like, it's time for some new blood to get into the coaching ranks. And those guys, I think like they've all had their turns and I just think it's time for them. I wouldn't say step aside, but like, you know, Ty Lu, like Ty Lu should have that job. That shouldn't be Doc Rivers job anymore. Like, you know, just, you know, uh, you know, a guy who kind of has the same philosophy, but like turn it over to like the young guy, like, you know, let them be like your Lincoln Riley and you be Bob Stoops and, and hand it over. Um, and I, but I, the one thing I was going to say about the Clippers is, so do you think if they hadn't traded Shea, kept all those picks, would they, they would just, they would have ended up being in the same exact situation they're in now. So like, is it, um, is it actually, was it actually better for them to have kept Shea and not made that trade? Or to have actually signed Paul George and maybe have, a, if not this year, have a chance next year. Man, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? But um, right, that's no, that's a good one because at the end of the day, when you have the opportunity to bring in a Kawhi Leonard coming off of a title and Paul George, who you know up until this year, there's obviously question marks about his playoff consistency, but they weren't as extreme as they are now. It was like, okay, this is still. Um, almost you, he's ubiquitously recognized as a top 15, if not top 10 player in the league coming into this year, right? And right. we got two of these guys. Um, we bring in Pat Bev, who, you know, first team all defense or second team all defense, whatever he was. Montrez and Lou, we have arguably the best bench in NBA history. Um, I don't know if it goes down as that now that they are out of the playoffs, but statistically speaking, and in the regular season, it was the best bench we've ever seen. So you have, you have all that, and you know, knowing what we know now, I don't know if I change anything other than Patrick Beverly at point guard. I think I would. Uh, I don't. It's, it's such a tough one, man. I don't shy shy alongside PG and Kawhi is a championship in my eyes. 
Um, definitely next year. I just don't know if Pat Bev can be that guy. I really, really didn't like him this series. Um, and just, man, there's there's so much to talk about this Clippers team. I, I, I got to go soon, so I don't want to dive too yeah. deep into it. Yeah, no, right. if, I guess, if, I guess if I'm, 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 fl- I'm flustered by the question just because, like, there's there's so much hindsight involved in answering it. And, like, if I'm the GM at the time, I'm like, of course we put Kawhi and PG together. Of course we're right, going to sell our right. future of for course. this chance to – yeah, of course we do, right? I, I was telling somebody yesterday, if, if the Clippers point guard was, was Lou Beverly, was one person, they'd, they'd be the best team uh, on the planet. But the fact that Lou Will can't play defense and Pat Bev's offense is shaky puts them in, in, a, in, a, in a really bad spot. And, and I wouldn't yeah. trust, you know – Reggie Reggie Jackson with a potato. So um, yeah, oh, man. We'll, it's we'll, it, like this. I feel like all season we're talking about this Clippers roster on paper, obviously defensively being that good, but when push came to shove, offensively outside of Kawhi, what were you really getting? You know, PG is right. an inconsistent shot maker. Pat Bev might give you two points. <laughs> um, you know, Zubac he, he does his thing. He's played well. I don't, um, I don't feel like they did, like, that's one thing, too, about Doc. I don't feel like Doc does the best job of developing young players because, oh, like, where was like where was Terrence Mann at? Where was, you know, where was Shaman at? Shaman, like, if you, Shaman could have more of a ball-handling role, um, I think. You could, you know, Terrence Mann can play as a combo guard. Like, where are these guys at to maybe, you know, not you, that, you know, where are you coach like, over the course of the season, you could have coached these guys up to where they could have been able to help you. Uh, what was the point of signing Joe Kim Noah if you weren't going to play him? Just like just little things that that I see yeah. like that that happens that I don't feel like he does. You know, he's they're so they're so caught up in in being star driven, you know, as they were before that they weren't developing. You know, the doc doesn't always do. Uh, Jerome Robinson's on the bench. Um, like, where are any of these guys at? But instead, you're you're throwing out you know Jermichael Green, and like you know what are you what are you expecting to get out of Jermichael Green in that moment? So. Um. Yeah, and like I said, it was just it was just as a bad. I mean, but as a Lakers fan, I was happy to see it. The Clippers are gonna Clipper. Um, so I mean, I, that's <laughs> at the end of the day, you can break it down as much as you want to. Like Clippers are gonna Clipper. They just went, they they went full Clippers. It's the most Clipper thing they could have done. Um. So, but we'll uh, we'll end this chat here, man. Uh, this is good. It's really good. Logan, yeah. I appreciate you staying up here and chopping it up with me, man. Oh yeah, um, this is this is the most intense, um, I think, sports related debate I've gotten into that has been <laughs> over. Definitely, I think the most intense we've seen on locker room. Um, you know, we kept it relatively friendly. Um, I'm I'm glad we did. And always, man, always. Here. I yeah. The, the the world need the world needs to be able to to agree to disagree. If people no, can do that, the world's exactly. a much better and, place. Like, at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's just basketball, right? And it, like I said, it's you feel how you feel, I feel how I feel, and it's just it is what it is. Like so, it's not. Trust me, I'm, I never take any of this shit personal. It's just it's just like I said, it's just basketball, the the greatest game on earth that brought us all, you know, brings us all together that we all love. So I mean, hey, if it I'm, wasn't I'm, for that, I'm in agreement there. <laughs> you know, like I said, I, I had tweeted last night. Like last night, uh, basketball Twitter was built for nights like last night. So you know, I just I love the, yeah. I love those those times. So. Uh, nah, man, definitely all love, man. We got to do this again sometime. Sweet. All right, take care, man. All right, guys. All right, guys, we'll be back next week. Same time. Uh, figure out what the top five is going to be. I'll post it. Get your thoughts ready. We'll be back later.